Welcome to Ask Dr. Julie Hanks, a safe place for healing conversations that educate and empower you to prioritize your dreams, revolutionize your family, and personalize your faith. I'm your host, Dr. Julie Hanks, a psychotherapist and coach offering online courses and programs to help women all over the world heal themselves and their relationships. Join me here every week as I coach a listener through a specific challenge and empower them with tools to find healing. Today with me on the podcast, I am happy to welcome Christina. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. What is your question for me today? My big question here is, what are some ways to dismantle 40 plus years of shame and guilt brought on by messaging in the church? Um, I was brought up in a time when I heard messages like, it's better to be dead than to be gay. Okay, thank you. So how can you dismantle that? Well, the first step you just did is by recognizing, I have shame about this. What have you already done to work through some of that shame? Um, A lot of therapy. I have a wonderful therapist who um, has has been a life changer for me. Um, And then, you know, she's had me follow people like you on Instagram. And Mm -hmm. um, I've read a lot of books and I've listened to a lot of podcasts of people that are in a similar situation as me. but it's still very hard when for, you know, a good 40 years of my life, I, I believed and thought one way. Yeah. And, you know, there were times, you know, there's been about three different times in my life that I was ready to commit suicide um, mm. because of, you know, these thoughts of just how bad I was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there are days, I mean, I have to talk myself out of it. Mm. You know, is there a way to get, you know, to a point where it's not just this automatic thought of, oh, that's a sin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're bad. You're, you're inherently bad that way. That's, I know you were born that way, but that's bad. That's, mm. that's perverse. So painful and so damaging. I just want to validate that your pain about this and the messages you received, like it's real and it's painful and it's damaging. And you are not, you're not alone in that. There are so many clients I've worked with who are, who have that same question. How do I work through this? How do I get rid of the messaging? Where are you now in your beliefs about being gay? Um, I think I'm a lot further along than I used to be. I, you know, I am engaged to be married to my, uh, female partner. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Um, We have five kids together between the two of us. Oh my goodness. Um, And, you know, for a long time in my life, I felt like I either had to be a member of the church or a member of the gay community. I couldn't be both. Mm. And that was really hard on me because I, I loved the church. I loved the community. I loved everything that it taught me. It's a huge reason why I am the why I am the way that I am. Yeah. But so is being gay. 
so many of my experiences as a, a gay human being have created the person I am today. The reason that I connect with people and can empathize with all sorts of experiences is because of my own experiences. Yeah. And, you know, as recently as two years ago, two or three years ago, I, I began to, I was active in the church and I was trying to, uh, you know, live a celibate single life for the rest of my life with my, you know, I had two little boys and, Mm. um, and very active in the church. And, but as I always have, I, you know, would meet someone and fall in love. And I tried to tell that person like, no, we can't be together. We can't do this. And, Mm. and I went to my Bishop and said, I did this. And we had to do a disciplinary council. And, and this person that I was with had also had to do a disciplinary council. And, but I, I was disfellowshipped and she kind of got a slap on the wrist and I just, I didn't understand like why the difference in the outcome. Yeah. Is it cause I was gay and she presents as straight and, or is it, you know, what was it? And then all these other experiences, I started having other experiences where I felt very discriminated against with, within the walls of the church that I'd never I hadn't experienced that in my life previous. I, I'd mm. always felt very accepted and loved. and Except for those messages that you... Except for those who messages. Who you are is not yes. okay. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. But my, my day-to-day interactions with members of the church were friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the last couple of years, I mean, I... My, you know, state president, when he found out that I was moving in with my partner... I wasn't even in his boundaries anymore. And he tried to track me down to have a disciplinary council to excommunicate me mm-hmm. at the same time. He also knew about, you know, someone who was, who abused one of, uh, abused my partner, actually. Mm-hmm. No one's tracking him down to excommunicate him. Yeah. I just don't understand that. I don't understand yeah. how, you you just send a really bad message when you have someone who has sexually abused children who was just in a bishopric less than five years ago, mm. lives right up the road. No one's tracking him down, mm. but you're going to track down me because I chose to move in with a, my partner who's the same gender as me. I, I just don't get it. And yeah. so... It doesn't make sense. It doesn't. It doesn't. (laughs) Don't try to get it because it it doesn't make sense. So as I've sort of distanced myself from the church, my thoughts on being gay have been much more loving toward myself Mm -hmm. and knowing that this is one of the things that makes me unique. It doesn't make me bad. It makes me special, you know, and, uh, but part Part of me hates that because, again, I love the church. I want to be a member of the church. I want, I love that community. I love what I was taught in many ways, Mm -hmm. right? And I've had a lot of people say, why do you keep going back when all this has happened? And I, and 
you know, my, my answer to that question now is why does anyone go back to an abusive relationship? Mm. Because you want to, you want to remember the good and you want to, you know, all the things that that's brought positive into your life and, you know, not harp on all the negative all the time. And, but now I I just, I feel like so much damage has been done at this point that it's been better for my mental health. It's been better for my self image. Yeah. It's been better, you know, for me to step away. Mm-hmm. Um, and embrace my family and embrace who I am. Wonderful. But it's not easy. It's not easy. <laughs> I want to encourage you to to take with you on your journey the good, and that doesn't involve being active in the church, but take those good values that you learned and the qualities that that help define you. You can take those with you. You do not have to be active in the church to, to have those or keep those. And it's, it often feels like all or nothing. Like I, I need to be all sure. in or all out. And you can, you can take the parts that work for you. You know, if there are spiritual practices that prayer or reading scriptures, you can still do that. You can do, <laughs> you get to take what works for you. And the church isn't ready for you yet. You know, you're, you are fine just the way you are. The church is not ready for you yet. And if it feels abusive to you, it's abusive and it, you shouldn't be a part of it if that's what you choose. And so I just, I want to congratulate you on making decisions that are healthy for you and validate how hard that is to kind of let go of a big piece of your identity, which is being LDS. And, you know, it's hard to let go. And there's some grief that goes along with that. But it it sounds like you are, um, you're not letting that shame run your life. And that's amazing. Well, thank you. And thank you for that validation and, and recognizing that I, I try not to, and there are days that it's tough. You know, my, mm-hmm. my partner's um, ex-husband is still an active member of the church and I, and I see some of the things he does and, you know, and her family is all members of the church. My family's members of the church, you know, I can't completely have it out of my life. Right. You know, her kids are going to be raised in the church mm-hmm. with, you know, with their dad. So, you know, going to a baptism a couple months ago, you know, for one of the kids and, yeah, and it's hard because, and, and I know this is a poor practice to compare myself with other people, but I look at, you know, this person who has lied and has cheated and has, you know, stolen and has, you know, I can answer more of the temple recommend questions affirmatively than this person. Right. But this one thing about me, right. All of a sudden makes me not worthy. It just doesn't, you know, it's not fair. It's not. and And it doesn't make sense. And I think don't try to make it make sense. It doesn't. 
but it doesn't I, make sense. You see me speechless because the way Christina works is her, I'm very cerebral. It's very, if I can make sense of it in my mm-hmm. head, it's okay. Don't waste your energy. I can't. It's so <laughs> Don't waste your energy on that. Like there are other things you can figure out. You're not going to figure that out or you're not going to make sense of it because it doesn't make sense. Right. <laughs> like there are other things that are more worth your, your energy. Right. And it is unfair. It's unjust and it doesn't make sense. So that brings me to my next question about where my energy is focused and where I want to focus it is on our children, on our family. We have five kids. I had my two sons with a previous partner. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're used to having two moms. Um, And my partner had her three children with an Mm ex-husband. And now we're blending our families. And, and, you know, her ex-partner is still going to take the kids to church. And do you have any input on how we talk to them about the church, about church things, when they're being taught things that are contrary to what they're seeing at home. Mm -hmm. So I would say this to any parent whose kids are being raised LDS, at least part of the time, teach your children to trust themselves. Ask them questions. So does that, does that ring true to you? Ask them those questions. So they're thinking, instead of just relying on someone to tell them what's true, that they can rely on their own spirit, self, whatever you want to call it. Right. That they can recognize truth. And that not everything taught in the church is true. Right. (laughs) You know, it's people say things that aren't true and some things aren't that the church teaches, you know, it's, it's not help them be able to discern what is true for them, for them. Mm -hmm. I like that. And, you know, it is really interesting to see out of their eyes when we came home from choosing our wedding venue, the 13 year old asked us, so wait, you're not getting married in the temple. And we said, No, no, we're not. And he goes, why not? And we said, well, buddy, you know, the, the church doesn't really, um, they're not okay with two people who are the same gender getting married, um, especially not in, you know, the temple. And he goes, well, that's dumb. And we were both like, we agree. (laughs) And, you know, and, you know, we said, there are going to be times that you're going to hear things at church. And we want you, you know, we, we've kind of said that, you know, Mm -hmm. that we want you to follow what you think is true and right. We don't want you to necessarily, we said it much more tactfully than I am saying right now, but in a way said, you know, we don't want you to believe something just because someone says it at church. Right. That, you know, which when you have people getting up once a month saying, I know this church is true. And that's the messaging you're hearing from the time you're an infant. Mm -hmm. 
you know, that, and that's one thing I've struggled with is it's either all true or it's all not, mm. you know, and that's something I've had to work through too. And that's something that you talk about a lot <laughs> that I love, like, and people no, get really mad at me. <laughs> I know they do. And they're just not nice, but, but it's true. There are further light knowledge, right? I right. mean, things and, change, like, things yes. evolve and, and people get it wrong and it's okay. But again, when you've grown up in that and that messaging where it's almost been comfortable, like it's comfortable to think all the truth is right here. All Mm -hmm. of it's right here. They told me it was true. Yeah, of course. I believe that. I sustain them. I believe what they say, you know? Yeah. And then when you're an adult learning, oh, wait, no, sustain doesn't mean I believe everything that you say. Right. It doesn't mean agree. (laughs) Right. Exactly. And so, but I like that to ask some questions and and teach them to trust themselves, teach them to trust that inner, whatever people want to call it. Yeah. Inner voice, inner intuition. Yeah. I think that is one of the most important gifts that you can give your children. And then to model a healthy marriage. So they can see, you know, if someone else says something derogatory about your marriage at church or anywhere else, they can say, my family is wonderful. Like, you know, my, my moms are amazing. I have such a great life and, and I want to be like them. You know, I want, I want a relationship that has that much love. I like that. We'll work on that. (laughs) (laughs) No pressure, right? No pressure. You don't have to be perfect, (laughs) but just genuine and real and work on your stuff, you know? Yeah. Don't sweep it under the rug and don't, don't, uh, ignore it. Model healthy adult relationships. Yeah. Yeah. I do want them to be able to look and say, wait, that's not how it is at my house. Right. What you're saying does not, does not match what's (laughs) actually happening. Yeah. Right. Their lived experience will teach them what is true. Mm-hmm. In my family, this is how we do things. This is yeah. this is what it feels like in my yeah. family. So you're wrong. <laughs> yes. Yes. I want them to be able to say that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a gift. That's going to be a gift. I did have one more question for you. Yeah. It, might, it might be an unfair question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Okay, I'm bracing uh, myself. <laughs> okay. I'm just bring it on, bring it what on. Do you, what do you think you would do if you were a gay Mormon after, you know, you've grown up in the church and, you know, the things that you've seen in your practice and, you know, things as recently as Jeffrey R. Holland's talk at BYU, you know, um, mm. telling faculty to do a little bit more musket bearing. Yeah. You you know, those types of messages. Yeah. uh, Number one, aren't really necessary. Let's be honest. Like you can still tell people to build up the kingdom without saying tear down a whole community. But, you know, when you get messages like that and people want to rationalize it, yeah. I mean, where, where do you, where do you think you would stand? Where would you? It's so it's really unfair of me to even try to put myself in 
the position of someone who's actually lived it and dealt with discrimination. And, you know, like I can't, I can't even imagine what that's been like for you. So it's all hypothetical and I'm, I'm Mm -hmm. just owning that. Like I have no idea because it's not my experience. Um, But I'm pretty confident that if one of my children were LGBTQIA, I would support them in whatever they choose. I would not encourage them. I wouldn't encourage them to stay in the church. I don't think it's a, it's an affirming place yet. I'm hopeful. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, I would totally support them distancing for their own mental health. Um, And I, I would probably do the same if it were me, if Mm -hmm. I'm just imagining, I, Mm -hmm. I just, think at this point, and I know there are people who are in the church who are LGBTQIA and, and it works for them. And I, I validate every person's journey. Mm-hmm. And for me, I don't think I could be able to um, feel good about myself mm-hmm. in that setting at this point in time. Right. Well, and I think that that is what makes you special is that you do affirm everyone's journey, even if it doesn't look like yours. Thank you. Thank you. And I, and I really do wish that that's where members of the church could get to is to understand that this is um, it's a lot harder than, than they might be thinking. And it's a lot to, this world and the church would be a much better place if we could love each other through our journeys instead of ostracize and, and punish and discipline Mm -hmm. and label and us and them. And Mm -hmm. I, I totally agree. And I want you to know just from the bottom of my heart that I am so happy that you found love and companionship and I celebrate you and your partner. And I count, I just I think it's beautiful what you're creating and I celebrate that because love deserves to be celebrated. Thank you. I 100% agree. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm I'm really excited to see what you can create together. I appreciate that. And your kids are lucky to have you. Oh, thank you. They yeah. they I can say for certain that my two boys are the reason I'm still here today. And, uh, and they make every, every single step of the way worth it. So Mm -hmm. I I am lucky to have them and Jen and I together are lucky to have our, our five kids. So thank you for that. I just wish you all the best on your journey and thank you for your bravery and for telling your story and sharing your experiences and the pain uh, that you've experienced. And I know that you're not alone in that. Being gay and LDS is a really difficult combination for many, many people. And so I just want to validate that. And again, I I support whatever journey people decide because I think self-determination is so important. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm thrilled that you have we started talking about shame at the beginning, right? We Uh really didn't actually Uh (laughs) address that head on, but um, 
What I love about your story is that you aren't letting the shame dictate your life. Not I don't, anymore. Yeah, I, I don't know if you can ever entirely get rid of it because it's just a human emotion that everybody feels to some degree at different mm-hmm. times. But the fact that you're not letting it run the show is so exciting and that deserves to be celebrated. And, and it just shows how much work you've already done. So Thank way you. to go. I just want to celebrate that. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. A You're lot. welcome. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today, Christina. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Ask Dr. Julie Hanks, a podcast helping real women seek solutions to life's biggest challenges. If you'd like to learn more, you can connect with me on social media at Dr. Julie Hanks and at drjuliehanks.com where you'll find information about virtual groups, coaching, and online courses. For therapy services in Utah, visit wasatchfamilytherapy.com. thought, hey, I want to talk to Dr. Julie Hanks about this question. Well, now's your chance. I want to have you on my podcast. So email hello at drjuliehanks.com with your question and the reason why you want to be on the podcast. And we may just choose you for a free coaching session.